Welcome to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch, and this is a podcast of conversations with doctors, developers, and decision makers that are playing in the Australian health tech scene today. With me today is Katrina Rotto. Katrina is one of Australia's most experienced digital health and medical software trainers. She's worked in medical practices for 30 years, mostly as a practice manager, and has qualifications in adult education, business, and welfare. Katrina is an approved trainer for Medical Director, Best Practice, the ADHA, the Department of Health, and many, many, many other reputable organizations and industry groups. Katrina is all about increasing efficiency of health, IT, and practice systems to benefit both clinics and patients. She's here in front of me. Katrina, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for inviting me, Pete. I'm super excited to be here today talking tech with you. Woohoo! Um, you are the, the the Switzerland of, uh, of of health tech and vendors. We've um, we've decided so so no, not vendor neutral. You're you're, you're Switzerland. Yes, because I get called vendor neutral quite often, and I say actually I'm not vendor neutral. I really like all the vendors. <laughs> My um, philosophy is just you can use any software badly, so whichever one you choose, let's use it well. And that's kind of my role to help practices um, make an informed decision about what progressive technology would benefit their practices and their providers and their patients and, and then learn how to use it and use it well. Excellent. So, so, so tell me more about that. So, so, so how do you do that? What, 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 do, what do you do and why do you do it? Um, so the why of what I do is about improving life in medical practices for the providers, the healthcare providers, the clinicians, the support staff, and also the patients. So every, in everything I do, the why of what I do, I firmly have the patients in my mind and I firmly have um, the wonderful healthcare providers who look after them in mind. So it's about providing support. There's a lot of... Um, demand on medical practices in regard to technology in particular and having worked in medical practices my whole career I've worked in health um, and education for nearly 30 years I realized that there is really a need um, to have good quality education in practices delivered by you know I'm a, te- I'm a professional teacher I'm a um a practice manager as well as a qualified teacher. So it's about having education delivered by people, I guess, who understand and also um, having a progressive approach for a practitioner who is seeing patients every 15 minutes to one hour, depending on the specialty, and then taking it step by step. So actually, because something I was thinking about too, so so, um, the... From what I know, you, you you train software technology in in practices, um, and but you come from an like an adult education background. Did the um, did you discover the need for um, clinicians using technology better, um, uh, like which then created this focus in in technology, or was it always you had a passion for technology and and wanted to be able to focus on that in the in the healthcare space? Like which one came first? Did that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Well, yeah. we're going a long way back. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, I am I am middle aged, so I have been working in practices for thirty years. So I've been working in practices since medical software was introduced. I mean, when I started, they didn't have all this technology. You were in it before medical software was cool. I was, and I've worked with I worked with a lot of the. Um, innovators, uh, the people who were creating the software right back then. I actually started my career, uh, I chose a career as a clinician. 
Um, and I ended up finding my happy place as a educator and a practice manager. So in a support role for the clinicians. Mm. So I, when I was working as a practice manager and I was managing a day surgery um, many, many, many years ago, actually in the city, um, I realized practice managers as i hope everybody understands wear many hats it's a very challenging role a lot of those um hats you know have to do with things like hr and uh, finances but there's also hats of education and there's also hats of health it so practice managers are expected to do all of those roles within a practice when i was a practice manager i didn't love the HR so much, wanted to be everyone's friend. <laughs> I absolutely loved the health IT and I absolutely loved education and I found I found my niche. So I began teaching part-time at TAFE and that turned into a dual career as an educator of technology, practice management, and then I've also always worked in practices. So about 14 years ago, that's when I started a consultancy, a practice management consultancy. So I no longer call myself a practice manager because that would be insulting to full-time practice managers mm -hmm. who are wearing all those hats every single day. And many, many of them are my friends. Um, I now play the role of helping those practices with any aspect of it, but usually in regard to how can we take that next step forward with um, progressive technology? What are the new initiatives happening on a national level? Uh, what are the changes that we can expect to see within regional areas, within um, from a yeah, as I said, from a national perspective as well? Mm -hmm. And so, so fast forward to now, I guess your your. Um you're very big on on sharing health data. I, I hear that as a consistent from you. So it's good that you're 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 consistent in in that respect. So so um, what what does that mean though? Sharing of health data with other providers and 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 patients. Um, how why is that important to you? What does that mean? So what uh, when you see you hear things from me often, what that I think is a good example of if we keep. Um, putting it out there that this is going to be the next change, it makes it easier for everybody to adopt it. Um, so what happens is historically medical information, you know, a patient's medical record has been, I get it, I still get told this quite often, it's a memory aid for the doctor and patients have been spoon-fed little pieces of information about themselves that they feel you know, we feel they could cope with. Mm. So my whole career, that's what we've done. We've just spoon-fed patients a little bit of their health information that we feel they can cope with. Well, you know, times have changed. Mm. We have Dr. Google. We all know that. Um, <laughs> so, you know, now we have a completely differing focus from the perspective of expectation of patients being involved in their own health care, their own decision-making, unlike 50 years ago, and all, with that comes the expectation that they will have access to their own information. And that's a really scary place for a lot of, you know, practitioners who've been working, you know, as long as I have or even a little bit less because there comes with it, of course, fear about you know, a lot of patients are very anxious. Um, understandably, we need to um, account and prepare and contextualise what we do in order to help 
patients understand what we're doing and why. But the other side of that is if we don't, if we don't change with the times, then we re- literally won't have a practice of the future mm. at all. I'm going to take a stab then that as you're out, uh, you, you and your teams are out training practices in, in how to use technology successfully. Um, a larger part of it is actually change management, not not actually how to use the product. Am I on the right path? Absolutely. Mm. And I think every every educator is a change manager. Mm. It's, it's what we do. If I want um, you to actually go back to your workplace and adopt, use that new feature I just taught you or think about having a patient survey in your practice, then you need to have a good understanding of why you that's going to be a benefit to you. Mm. None of us are going to do something new if it's not going to benefit us, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's in our personal lives or our professional lives. So what's in it for me and the why has to come first. And we talked about, you know, you and I just talked about ask me why I do what I do. Mm. Um, and it's to, it is really to make life a little bit easier for the people who work in practices who are doing the hard work and also to make life safer and um, better for patients because it is not always optimal care that we are providing just because of the fragmentation of mm. our services and also the, you know, just them not feeling as prioritized as, as they would want. Mm-hmm. So, the, and, and there's also the, the technology, which, which enables that, the, the concepts of sharing and everything too. And, and, um, you know, it, it needs to be capable of doing so. I'm going to hazard a guess and say that you've probably seen some pretty old tech and probably more recently too, like, like technology in healthcare, people say is relatively slow to adopt. Um, do you, as a, as a proportion, how many, how many like old school fax machines with rolly paper do you still see on a daily basis? Or, or how many manila folders do you still see in practices? Is it a... Yeah, and how many envelopes oh, with the... stamps on them do yeah. I still see that have patient letters and results in them? I see those in yeah most practices still. Um, every practice has a fax. Show me a practice without a fax. Yeah. Is, is it actually... Because I've not been in... in oh, I feel like I, I should have been, but the... Are they electronic faxes now or is it still the old school like machine that, that makes a noise and then it drops the paper on the ground? Yeah, so e-faxes, um, certainly that's that's the next stage yeah. for people. Baby so, steps. yeah, a lot a lot are doing that. Um, however, you know, I, I still argue that that is still way too much work because you still – and it also comes with its own risks. So just replacing a fax with the e-fax mm. is a step forward. It certainly mm. don't have that – um, paper floating all around the practice, which mm. worries me about privacy. I often say to practices, I don't feel we're doing everything we can to protect patients' privacy or follow the guidelines because we choose to use paper mm. um, in those contexts. So eFax is definitely the next step, but we have secure messaging. We should be using secure messaging um, just because it's not completely interoperable and built yet i my philosophy is we can't wait for this perfect world if i'd waited for this perfect world that people want um i still would be uh using the medicare um manual scanning machine and i had yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and i had staff way 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 back i had staff who got rsi from handwriting receipts yeah wow yeah so it's 
you have to just take that little next step forward, not wait for perfect because I don't know about anyone listening. I don't live in a perfect world. I don't work with perfect people. Even within a practice, we have a range in any practice from people who are super users, IT savvy doctors who say to me, what do you mean I have to double click? Can't I do it faster than that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And to others who are still completely using the paper file and that can be within one practice. Yeah. So I think that's why we have to, we, we take the baby steps and we use, you know, technology. We take people along with us. You can't jump from A to Z. And one of the things and why um, change management is at the forefront of everything that I'm doing is like if you want to worry people, try and take them from A to Z. Mm. So if I went out there tomorrow and said, right, opening up your medical directory, your best practice, patients are going to have access to everything, they would freak out. Everyone would freak out. They'd be so worried. Um, So instead we say, okay, well, let's electronically share a health summary. Mm. Previously, we printed that health summary. Mm. I mean, for 20 years, we've been printing that health summary. Mm. Mm. I would just, of course, use this opportunity, Pete, because I can't help myself (laughs) to say whether we're printing it or sending it electronically, Let's make sure that it's accurate. <laughs> Data quality. Couldn't help myself. Yeah, yeah, no. It's it, but that's important too. It's it's um, y- you can you can speed up the, the the way that it's transferred or do it in a more fancy way. But in the end, if it's rubbish, rubbish in, rubbish out. Right. My whole argument about my health record. Absolutely, mm-hmm. it's the. It, the technology is so fast now. It is so easy. Mm. But what is the point of sharing a health summary with ED if those medications are wrong? Mm-hmm. So I'm very passionate about data quality even more so than just technology mm. um, because w- this technology gives us so many advantages and, you know, lit- literally it changes our world. Mm. I often talk about um, uh, the Tyro F-plus terminal changed our world, you know, gave 11-second rebates. Prior to that, um, you know, patients had to wait a long time, practices had to wait a long time. So we talk about this technology um, as being, you know, giving us these significant advantages. But again, it comes back to we need to use it well. Mm. No, that's right. Um, what about patient outcomes? So, so um I get really excited about how technology can enable better patient outcomes, um, and and sometimes that's that's hard to envisage, or that's 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 certainly hard to um, uh, not explain or, or or anything to to another practitioner who who as as a reason or an, or a motivation to come onto a whether it's a new technology or a different technology or whatever it might be. If it means that ultimately patients get better care, it it, it um, that, that can be remarkably powerful. But it's how do you demonstrate that? So, um, you know, have you have you seen um, in g- given that you're in practices and that that you've seen the application, you probably connect back with practices that you've 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 helped to. Um, is this actually happening? Is is technology enabling better patient outcomes? Are there any examples that you can you can think of that? Like the, the I think the most um, obvious and daily example of technology uh, improving health outcomes is the fast delivery of electronic delivery of results. Mm. I mean, we get results so fast. Now we get them electronically. We can access them um, from any, basically any connecting device. 
So it is that that has changed the lives of many patients, their doctors having that information so quickly. Mm. And that also is now extending to things like discharge summaries. So there's been cited cases of the delay in discharge um, or clinical handover, sorry, I should call it, Mm. um, clinical handover from a hospital perspective to general practice. And that delay has caused harm to patients. So having that electronic delivery and now, of course, we just need to improve the secure messaging. So we've got it across the board. We've got discharge summaries, we've got results, and then we've got any letters that mm. are going from clinician to clinician. That's significant improvement. Mm. What about um, new modalities of care enabled by technology? Things like telehealth. <gasps> I love telehealth. I am a big fan of telehealth. I've Why? just well, I've just come back from a US study tour and I I tell you, I feel like I went ten years in the future in <laughs> regard to technology. Please don't get me wrong, I don't want us to be America. Um I do <laughs> no, not. <yeah. laughs> I do not. I just want the technology because yeah. Um, and what we're now seeing, of course, is is our version. It's our, yep, 10 years behind version, but we're just now getting the integrated telehealth. And we need to be able to offer um, more flexible models of care delivery for our patients. I mean, we have such doctor-centred um, practices in Australia. It, it's about... Uh, now starting to think and I'm really really grateful because finally there's starting to be recognition that there needs to be and there will be some MBS related items for providing care in a flexible mode of delivery for our patients. I'm loving seeing all the healthcare home and the patient-centered readiness sites, all the innovative new trial sites um, who are looking at membership models so this is you know some wonderful Mm. doctors leading these models so asana and next practice and there's a whole range of them as in addition to the official healthcare home trial sites and then the phn patient-centered readiness site so there's a whole lot of really great trials going on in australia Mm. and a whole lot of um, global initiatives that are being studied and the goal being we take the best bits from all of those it's up to us in our practices to really, I guess, start to be thinking, how could we do things differently rather than getting completely bogged down? And if my patient doesn't come in, I can't bill Medicare. Just starting to think a little bit more flexibly and telehealth's a really great first step. Mm. I or I could tell you a story. I'll tell Please you a, a real story. This is about this is about myself. Now I absolutely love my GP. Um I got called, it was, it was, I was in the category of being a dog as a patient, which sounds <laughs> terrible, but what they were saying is a dog is somebody who's really, really loyal and that was me because I have been with my GP for 24 years. I have followed her from practice to practice. I drive 20 minutes to see her yeah. and pay and have to sit and wait in the waiting room for at least an hour every visit when I could go to, I'm not kidding you, I live in Sydney, there would be... 50 bulk billing doctors I could go to within 15 minutes of my house. So Mm. I choose to do that. That's how much I love my GP. Don't get me wrong. So you should surely call you something better than a dog. I know, <laughs> I know, an angel. After all that, yeah, yeah, an Thank angel. You. There's a lot of better no, words. I'm sure she doesn't. No, 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 I'm joking. 
Yeah. But she she's wonderful and that's the whole, she's the continuity of care. I trust her completely. If she refers to some, me to someone, I, I know that there's someone I can... Re- so this is gold. This is... Um, she's a wonderful GP. But it is in no way a patient-centred practice. Mm. Okay? So I travel a lot. I needed to... I, I got an urgent call from the practice. I can't ring them. I can't talk to the nurse about it i can't talk to the doctor about my doctor about it i can't have a telehealth consult right yeah they made me fly all the way back to sydney Mm. couldn't see my doctor she doesn't work on a saturday saw a registrar who said you need to go and have a fine needle biopsy i was like why couldn't you have told me that i was in a medical center (laughs) in melbourne yeah so this is what i'm saying is as a practice start to think about are we providing care in a way and just to put this in perspective i would have paid without a rebate for a telehealth consult so sometimes we're so stuck with what can and can't we do maybe and i know a lot of um, practices would be saying our patients are you know they're all bought bill we can't afford to it's really about what suits your practice and your demographic the technology is now starting to make it so much easier now I would be able to see my own results on my health record. So let that change mm. shift the practice's approach to including the patients in the conversation. Yeah. So so on the funding model then, is is it I, I've I've heard a perspective that basically when it all boils down to it, it doesn't matter about the technology or about anything or about people's uh, people's ability to 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 accept new technology in healthcare. Um, the funding model's wrong, so it's it's the government's fault. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm extrapolating. I, I'm I'm exaggerating here, but um, is I mean, do you have a position on that argument? You're 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 you seem a more positive person than than that kind of perspective. So um, and and you get visibility of a lot of different things. So um, uh, like what. Is it as drastic as that? Are there shining elements of hope, or like, what's your take on that whole argument of the funding model is is um, choking the adoption of technology in healthcare? Well, I every time I present, I have a slide, and it's my it's my vision for practices, but it's also my own personal business vision. This is what I think when I go out there and on that slide, um, it's sort of an arrow and it starts with, if we improve data, then the next stage is if we improve our relationships with our patients so that the patients like me, an angel, (laughs) not a dog, (laughs) want to come back to your practice. So if we improve the quality of the information in our software so we know who our patients are, we know our population, we know what conditions they they have, they know what care they need, then we improve the relationships with our patients and we bill appropriately, we will improve our revenue. Right. So that care it goes together and then of course the very shining star on the top is we will improve their health outcomes Mm. because if we are doing that really good quality um chronic condition management as well as good preventive health care we will improve health outcomes so that should be the focus for the practice um what saddens me is that there has been a Medicare freeze for so long Mm. and then when it was unfrozen, it was 
kind of insulting mm. to the GPs. And I, you know, they work so hard. I mean, who else works that many hours in a day who sees that many patients with problems? I mean, they do the most wonderful job mm. and it feel it does feel like they're just getting kicked from all sides. Mm. So I really, you know, I really, really feel um, that we need to work really hard as a, you know, an Australian collective community um, to improve primary healthcare to help everybody see that general practitioners keep people out of hospital. So we need to focus on primary care from that perspective and really evolve this model that we're talking about, which is more, whether it's a bundled payment or however, whatever they come up with it, but increase the ability for general practitioners to be reimbursed for providing healthcare um, whether it's via telehealth or whether it's phone calls or whether it's the time they spend checking results. Mm. So all of that is healthcare, but why should they not be able to bill for that time too? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Look, Katrina, I think we're going to have to wrap it up shortly. But look, <laughs> if the, uh, the final parting question then to, to the practices um, that that uh, that would be listening. So, so what should practices be doing to ensure they survive in this emerging new digital future? I really feel strongly that um, practice, what we, what we need to be doing is focusing on what's good about your practice. I always ask every practice I visit as a consultant, I say, if I moved here, why would I come here as opposed to the practice across the road? Mm. From there, work on what do you do well and then what, is going to suit your demographic, ensure that you have the technology that's going to take you into the digital future so you're learning about and optimising the use of all the available um, technology and that could be even your third-party provider options such as um, online appointments and telehealth, as we talked about, secure messaging. I really, really would love to stress that we can use any technology badly. So go back to the absolute fundamentals, the core common data set, make sure your demographics, your allergies, medications, diagnoses are coded, immunizations. You have your fundamental health summary information. Check it every single visit and enable technology to share electronically mm. and then... Um, you'll be setting yourself up for a practice of the future. Nice one. Katrina, thank you so much. I'll put some details on how people can get in touch with you in the show notes. Um, appreciate your time. Pleasure. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch. Go do some stuff on our socials and website, share it with some people, and give us a nice review and a five-star rating because it all helps to spread the word and get people talking. Until next time, I'm out of here.